clear for takeoff once again welcome to jet fuel the jets discord podcast as always i am your party host joe rivera along with me as always is my astute educational and informative co-host he is extremely handsome he is none other than braided man's right hand leg man matt Salard, aka king sliz sliz say hello and if that if that's my title this week i, I might i might have to uh file for unemployment man it's uh <laughs> i'm not doing a good job that's that tends to be the uh that tends to be the mo with all of these uh introductions here sliz is that you you're not doing a great job at these things man i mean let, let's run through them at your ashton davis's favorite Warzone squad mate so there's that your zach wilson's daycare worker you know that's not that's not great yeah uh, elijah moore's character coach yeah i think you might be in line for uh to just keep your day job here but yeah you know these things these things happen Man, Tyler Tyler Conklin's tattoo artist. Yeah, and, that's a and, good one. Yeah, I I uh not that anyone cares about fantasy. Had a good feeling about Jets tight ends this week. Played huh? Tyler Conklin. Uh, clearly picked the wrong uh Jets tight end to start this week. And yeah, I'm I'm mixing it up a little bit. Got a a brewski on the side here, drinking a Guinness, and and just like Zach's play, like so I I just had this sitting. On, I I got it the other day, right? Got a six pack. Had it just sitting on the counter, and of course didn't throw it in the fridge. So just like Zach's play this week, all excited to to crack a brew, and then it's mm. it's a little lukewarm and and yeah. not quite hitting the way I thought it would be, nope. man. Nope. Is that the extra stout or just the uh the the plain Guinness? Just just the drought. Okay, I like the extra stout. Those are those are good, but. Uh... All right, so let's let's get this let's let's get the show on the road. Holiday season, there's no cheer after another loss by the Jets to the Lions. If you listen to this podcast, you you list you heard last week, the Lions are not a team to be taken lightly, uh, and we saw that. And this was another game, Sliz. I know the quarterback, and we'll, we'll talk about the quarterback as we always do. The quarterback is going to get a lot of the discussion points, but this was a game that was a little bit deceptive on a few levels. Where okay, the defense played well. But it's also fair to say, I think, the defense played poor situationally. They gave the Lions two really long drives in the first quarter. They couldn't get off the field on third down. Left them in lots of third and manageable situations, which is not something that we've seen often. Now, Quinnen didn't play, and that just goes to show you how much of a linchpin Quinnen is on that defensive line. But uh, aside from the quarterback, there were issues, man. The running game couldn't get going. Um the, the the blown the blown assignment whether it was on Mosley or whether it was on Quincy Williams still a blown assignment that led to the touchdown that sealed the game for Detroit. So, what are some of your thoughts when you when you were watching another loss? Uh, now the Jets are teetering on the edge of of playoff hope. Uh, bad loss, Liz. What are you? What are some of your thoughts? Yeah, before I want to say I know it's a draft, not Guinness drought. Uh, that was okay. That's yeah. a joke I had in college, so just wanted to get, get that out of the way first before I in, get people inside joke out of people who are listening to this podcast list. But yep. it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, man. Well, so I mean, we 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 struck down. You, you had us going zero and four. We're one down, three to go. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like there, there's so much good and then so much bad all to take in this game, right? Yeah. And and it kind of you see what was that specifically you see a lot of the growth in terms of a, his motion looked better his feet looked better he was he was attacking downfield a lot more 
but then you saw all the issues that you've seen in terms of some of the reads not there, a lot of the accuracy over the middle not there. And and like and that's just high level on Zach. I think on the defense, and, and you were talking a lot about defense situational football there. I mean, it's kind of been the same story for a couple weeks now here. Mm-hmm. Not just in this losing kind of streak, but but even predating that a little bit where the defense has been very, very good in general, right? And and really, I think on the back of our outside corner play and, and without Quinn and Williams in this week, I think you, you definitely missed something and, and it kind of highlighted the true deficiencies that we've had specifically up the middle on this defense. Um, playing a very good offensive line that the edge group was the quietest it's been in a while in terms of just pressure and, and getting sacks on golf. Um, yeah, man, just situationally third downs. Like my, I know Michael Carter, the second had a ton of hype in the front half of the year. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I, <laughs> you've been seeing some folks calling the, the Taiwan Walker of, of the jets where he puts out a good first half, you know, first half all-star and then totally falls apart. And, and, he's been getting absolutely cooked and, and, you know, certainly teams are going away from our outside guys. Sauce didn't have depending where you look, he either had one or a lot of, a lot of outfits have him with no targets this week at all. Right. Yeah. And that that's a massive compliment. That's huge. Right. And, and DJ Reed held up well on his targets and Michael Carter, man. And, and it's a tough draw, right? I'm on St. Brow's been, been phenomenal this year and was, was great last year too. But like he was just getting cooked and, and, it, it always shows up on those pivotal third downs on those key situations. And it's frustrating, right? It, it, and when you look at the scoreboard, oh, the defense only gave up 10 points. You know, you, you need to be able to score more than that, but special teams, not only the punt return, but just special teams all day and, and allowing long drives does drain you. And yes, your offense needs to be able to do more, but it's, it's backbreaking when you lose when you lose in those pivotal moments, right? right. When you have those situational losses, it, it feels, it makes it feel worse than maybe it really was. Right. And and the thing is, Liz, and, and like I said, I think the defense played well for me. I'm not as forgiving for the defense blowing that play. Like I'm just not, I'm sorry, because those are the types of plays like championship defenses make those plays in those moments. Right. And listen, does the offense need to do more to, to keep the defense out of those situations? Absolutely. Like, don't think I'm, I'm like absolving the offense of anything, but um, listen, it's a game without Quinnen. Fine. Michael Carter hasn't played great. Fine. Sauce is still the goods. Fine. Linebackers. Not good. Um, That's a room that they're going to have to completely rework next year. You know, I mean, CJ Mosley, how many times do you have to talk about this guy, right? And yes, he's played better as of late. He's graded out better as of late, but he's just not a, he's a liability on this defense with what Salah asks to do on this defense. So um, a lot of work needs to be done. A lot of work. It's I'm on the defense side of the ball. I'm very happy with how they played this year, but last few weeks, like you mentioned, Sliz, I mean, whether it was CJ jumping the line on the boneheaded uh, encroachment, whether it was, you know, the, the play that blew it up in the Lions game. I mean, it's situationally, it's just, it's undisciplined, which is not something that we had been seeing a lot of the early part of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And and like on that, like that touchdown play, right? The, the, the long tight end leaks out the back. It's right. It's so tough, man. And, and, I, I don't know if they're finger pointing or like no one's really taking blame for the, right. uh, for the blown assignment. And I think it, 
you know, we, we were talking through it in discord this week. It, it looks like it's a little bit of probably both linebackers and it's hard, hard to blame Quincy. He probably hasn't been man initially, but he's crashing downhill, right? The, the balls, they're, they're, the play action's going that way. He's the, the next guy in line. If Whitehead misses the tackle, it's hard to fault him there. And then the dude just runs across Mosley's face. And it's like, okay, like, Clearly, you you don't have any other responsibility here, but so it's like technically it's not his assignment, but it should be his assignment, right. and it it's killer when you get dudes that like his whole selling point, right? Like, yeah, he's he's not worth the money, but oh, dude's cerebral, right? He's a leader of the defense. He ma- he right. makes he makes up he makes plays where maybe his athleticism lets him down, but he's making up for that with with his brain. It's like, man, that's a perfect example of right that kind of fallen flat. And, and like mm-hmm. you said, two weeks in a row fall or yeah. Fall on that Minnesota game too, where yeah, it, you can't have that. And and just like game such and it's like, of course, to that point, they'd been very stout, even giving up some of the long drives. Obviously they had the goal line stand, um, but the jets go up They have a lead at that point. Right. It's that you, <laughs> You need to, even if Mike White's in there, right? You need to protect that young QB. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't give up those backbreaking, those backbreaking, absolutely pivotal plays in the game, right? right? And and it's one thing too. It's like it was bad enough to give up the wide open reception, but like the chase down effort wasn't there. You got two or three guys just like kind of flailing, trying to to make the tackle, and it it just compounded bad with worse, right? So, so let's, I, you know, I would like to close the book on the defense this week because, again, I, I don't want to be too harsh on them, but it just bothers me to see games where they played so disciplined this year come down to that. But I, I would like to point out something interesting that happened on Twitter today and that there were two topics that were trending uh, consequently. The first one was Zach Wilson and the second one was the Taliban. Now, I'm not saying those things are related, but I'm also saying that coincidences do not exist. Now, um Here's the thing, Sliz. We're going to talk about the quarterback because the quarterback's always the topic, right? Steve Young, I don't know if you heard his comments. Alex Smith, I don't know if you heard his comments. Interesting things that they had to say. You understand Alex Smith played at Utah. Zach Wilson's dad played at Utah. I'm sure there's a connection there. Steve Young obviously has a deep friends with the family, BYU guy, et cetera, et cetera. We know the connection there. So, Let's look at Zach's performance from this weekend, Sliz. I have lots of thoughts on this. As George Orr will attest to, I am not a knower of ball. So, um, <laughs> you know, maybe that's fair or not. I don't know. But uh, what are what did you notice from Zach this weekend after his quote-unquote reset, his mental reset? What are some of the things you noticed from him that maybe were good? What were some of the things you noticed that were not so good? Yeah, so I mean, in in the good column, obviously, is the the trust in himself to take deep shots. Michael Fleur, it feels like, and, and I I haven't been one of those guys that's really I I don't think Lafleur's like really protected Zach much this year. Like I don't think he he's hand shackling his play calling too too much, and, and I, I think that's true when you look at the game we called it with Mike White or the couple games. The early play calling is very, very similar in terms of we're looking to establish the run, quick hitter passes over the middle, get the offense flowing, right? Like that that's been our tendency regardless of QB over the past two years. But certainly it feels like this was the game where M- Michael Floor really opened up the book for Zach in terms mm-hmm. of some of those rollout passes, getting them on the move, taking taking design deep shots, right? 
and and Zach took advantage of it. So kind of you saw all the things we've talked about the past couple of weeks in terms of like, what does maybe Zach give that Mike White does not? I think you saw those on full display. Conversely, on the negative, you saw all the things Mike White gives you that Zach has not consistently in terms right. of just consistently stringing together passes, consistently hitting those passes over the middle, um, whether whether they're tight window or even some some of those were even I don't want to say wide, layups, wide but wide, wide pretty open. wide open, right? Yeah. So, like that that's where it is. I, I I know there's been a lot made of you know you you. Uh, I, I need I always need to just not look at Twitter for like three days after a Jets game, <laughs> but. Like you see, oh, Zach Zach wasn't even making good passes. He was just floating them. It's like, no, he had one he had one floater ball, and it was that Michael Carter one. And clearly that was not his like even close to his intention, right? Right. It was like an off off balance fade away as he's getting tackled, like Hail Mary type chuck. But it's like if you're criticizing that that CJ Uzama throw, like 45 yards diagonally hash to hash contorting your body. If you're criticizing the Jeff Smith throw 60 air yards down the field, if you're criticizing that last Elijah Moore throw across the field on the move off platform, like I I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like (laughs) just stop trying to analyze football, I guess. But like you saw so many like good throws and that, I think that's the frustrating thing. And even on Mm -hmm. that fourth, the fourth quarter some of those throws man to get the ball moving down the field those were tight throws like a lot of a couple of those to garrett wilson just sharp on the money delivered like boom and it it just makes you pull your hair out because it's like man why can't we get this with any sort of consistency right Right. and when it's bad it's bad is the issue so steve young is getting killed because steve young said there are only X amount of quarterbacks. He said maybe three or four, you know, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen and the AFC who can make the throws that Zach made. And when you draft a guy like Zach, the reason you're drafting him is because he can make the pro to quote unquote pro day throw, right? He can make those off platform, off schedule throws, go make me a play. Right. And for some reason, young is getting killed for that. When we've seen throughout Zach's career for better or worse, he can make those throws, right? It's you saw it. In the Pittsburgh game, you saw it in this game. You saw it in the Tennessee game last year. Like, you've seen him make those throws, right? Yep. The problem with Zach, and I know you mentioned his reads, but I don't think his decision-making is is bad at all. Like, I, I, I know that the interception was horrendous, but he's not throwing into triple coverage. Like, he's not oftentimes giving defenders the opportunity to make a play on a ball. He's just wildly inaccurate. And that to me is the biggest issue with him because I didn't come away from this game saying, Oh man, he threw so many X amount of interceptable balls. Like I know the Michael Carter play, like everybody is saying, well, he just chucked it up there. I still think if I had to guess that he was either trying to throw, uh, like you said, a Hail Mary pass to Garrett Wilson, who was over the top, or he was just trying to chuck it out of bounds. Because if you look to the right side, there was no one to the right side that he, you know, could have chucked the two, you know, would have been intentional grounding, whatever. If he chucks it to the left, you know, maybe Garrett gets there, maybe goes out of bounds. I don't know. Maybe it slips out of his hand because it looks like he was very wobbly coming out of his hand. So he was called too. for intentional grounding on earlier too in the right. game on right. something that maybe ticky tack called. Ticky tack. But... Ticky tack for sure. Um, you but that, that weighs on that. your mind, right? Right. And the thing with that intentional grounding that he got called on, both Elijah Moore and I think it was Garrett Wilson were 
maybe not 10 yards, but not a call that you would make frequently. Mm -hmm. It's not like he was throwing to absolutely no one. So whatever, it's neither here nor there. But when I watch Zach in this game, and I understand his mechanics aren't going to be fixed overnight. They're not going to be fixed in three weeks, but his footwork looked better. Um, His release looked better. Now that obviously led to some mispasses. He threw slants behind guys. Not great. Um, That first drive didn't look pretty, but when they got him out moving and they got him in a rhythm, his first half was probably the best first half that he's played this year. I, I don't think it's stretch to say that might be the best first half that he's had in his career. Um, his confidence throwing deep is what stood out to me the most. And that's, again, those are the types of throws that you're asking him to make those 60 yard air, 60 air yard throws, right? The throws off balance, the throw it's so it's overall, it's a very mixed bag. It was a very mixed bag from Zach this week. I don't go as far to say as he tanked this game for them because ultimately you don't want to be results-based, but he did have an opportunity to, you know, if Elijah Moore just goes down, it's a 53-yard field goal, 52-yard field goal, rather than trying to make a play there. Lucky that there was one second left on the clock at that. Um, he does give you a chance to at least tie the game. So, and the clock management is something else entirely. So, listen, a lot a lot of good, like you said, Sliz, the same noticeable bad. I don't know if it's a step forward. It's just the same Zach that we've seen with the added benefit of he's actually chucking it deep. So yeah, when what something I think that stood out this game and I, I messaged it to you kind of in real time there is like this game shows like it shows so much of the downside of Zach and why he's he was benched in terms of his misses and inconsistencies and why he's probably not going to put it together, right? And and it's just hard to overcome this level of inconsistency, right? But on the other hand, you also see where Mike White limits you, right? There are right. a lot of plays, and I'm not even talking just the bombs downfield. There, there was a – I think it was in the second quarter. There was a, a key third and short, and we ran a read option with Zach. Zach kept mm-hmm. it, picked up the first down, chains keep moving, right? You yep. would never run that with Mike White. Nope. Um, the goal line play to CJ Uzama leaking out on the that RPO like that's that's not something we ran a single time in like a dozen attempts versus the Vikings and that's like yep. a that, that's a play with our tight end room that should be a bread and butter play but you mm-hmm. don't run that because you don't have the threat of Zach keeping it and and being able to play outside the pocket if he needs to stretch yep. it out so like those are two plays I point to where it's like okay clearly the playbook with a Mike White gets condensed and it's like if, if you could just fuse the two, we'd have a perfect quarterback, right? But but we can't. And and that's where it's like it feels like the best gamble. And and granted, we really don't have another choice with three cracked ribs on either side. Mike, I I don't think Mike White plays the rest of the year. I know people are holding out hope, but it's like bones don't heal that quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they just don't. And and especially when you hear it's that many fractures, it, it feels so unlikely. And it's like yeah. But it, on, on the other hand, too, it's like you need you need Zach to work out because Mike White caps you, right? It's it's a lesser version of the Jimmy G version of the 49ers, right? Who are more talented than us, quite frankly, right? right? And Jimmy Jean's more more talented than Mike White. But you see not just the Jets lean for the athletic toolsy guy. You see the league do it, and the 49ers are a perfect example going and getting Trey Lance, paying a premium to get him. 
to upgrade their their quarterback that's taken them to a Super Bowl, right? And why do you mm-hmm. do that? It's so you can add in all the elements that we see with Zach versus a Mike White. The same exact thing up, up there in San Francisco. So you see why they have faith in him when he makes those throws when he's looking good, but you also see what's really holding them back. I think a lot of it's mental, and you saw it really in that third quarter after the interception and and – I want to take a quick aside and do a film room session on that interception. I don't think it's as bad as it looks. And, and I don't think that's just copium either. When when you when you look at it, and, and I, so I was going through, before we hopped on, I was going through trying to look at all the snaps, the passing reps prior to that. And when you look at the Garrett Wilson bomb early in the game where he rolls out of the pocket and throws deep, it was the same look where you had the CB and way off coverage. You had a single high safety and you had a two man route, a little bit different route combination, but you still had a guy going on the over. And then you had a guy taking the void where the corner vacates. Right. And that's where Garrett, that's where he hit Garrett was kind of granted. He rolled out and stretched it, but Garrett was open on that even prior to rolling out. So when you look at that play, you get Garrett and Elijah with a two-man game on the bottom. You have Garrett running running over in route. Um, and then you have Elijah basically running a wheel route. He, he gets pressed by the, the man corner in the nickel, and then he runs flush outside, outside the numbers, right, deep third. Zach is running a play-action play, and he turns his back to the defense. So whatever his signal was, he he keyed man coverage, right? He thought that deep corner would pinch down on Garrett like like that that corner did on I believe it was Elijah on the play, you know, a quarter prior. And and you don't know. I, I haven't done extensive enough film study to key what the Lions tendencies are out of certain looks and, and all that. Right. So this is a little bit of guess guesswork. But. Zach clearly saw man and, and that ball looks like it's just floated because he thinks Elijah Moore is wide open. He's doing play action. His back's turned to the defense. He's not adjusting to the post snap, right? He doesn't see that that corner is just sitting home, sitting in cover three. And so he say, he says, I, I know my man's going to beat that man off the line of scrimmage. I'm expecting that corner. And he doesn't look, which is bad, but it's also he's whipping his head around and he's got to get that ball out. That ball floats there, and if you look, if that corner did pinch down, that free safety is not getting over quick enough, and and Elijah's got a walk-in touchdown, right? And so he's not he's not arming it in there because he's not wanting to miss a layup touchdown. Right. So, and, and the ball was well placed. It's just a bad read compounded by play action and not adjusting post snap, and and that's like a teachable thing, right? Those are the mistakes where it's like man, that's a rookie mistake, but those are the ones that you live and learn from. Yep. It's not like a chucking into triple coverage or some of the mistakes throws you made against New England where it's like, dude, what are you even doing, right? So, mm-hmm. like, that that one of his worst throws, but it's like you can you can reason yourself through what went on there, and then it's if I can see it, it's an easily coachable, fixable thing and something that you, you protect them from, right? right. It's like, hey, we got to – this is this is what you ID to to adjust post snap to realize its own. And if he realizes its own, Garrett Wilson, like the play design's good. Garrett Wilson's wide open over the middle because he he's in the soft part of the zone. Right. Yeah. So you hit you hit him there. But 
So the thing is, Liz, it's like, it's not just the interception though. It's how this guy unravels after throwing mm-hmm. an interception or a near interception, right? Yeah. Big so time. after, so after that, he finished the game nine of 17. He had a touchdown drive sprinkled in there. Uh, the fourth quarter was seven of 13. So a lot of that volume came in the fourth quarter, but you know, you even look at the Jor score and you want to explain it. We actually didn't get an opportunity to do Jor score last week. So, so you want to explain to people the Jor score. I, dro- I dropped it in here so you can take a look, but um, I, th- I believe he operates on a scale. I don't know how he does a scale, whatever. Jor- Jor knows I, I don't, I don't know so. what the numbers really mean. What he does is he go he goes through and grade. I think he grades every play like zero, one or two. And then he just averages it out. Averages it out. So the first mm-hmm. half he had at a one seven eight, the second half he had at a one four four, and then basically, and, and you touched on it right. And, and I, I was saying how Michael Fleur was trusting Zach. He definitely did not trust Zach after mm-hmm. that interception in terms of protecting him, right? And and not trying to compound it with another mistake and then just having him totally unravel. Um, but basically everything George was in kind of aligns with what you see is, Hey, the first half was very good. Third quarter abysmal and went really downhill after that, that interception. And that's something we've touched on, right? Or if Zach has a bad play, he unravels a little bit. Mm-hmm. Unlike some of those other games earlier in the season, he did bounce back a little bit in the fourth, which is good to see. And, and it's tough, right? In a game where our offensive line was, was, quite frankly, putrid. Our, right. our run game was awful. You don't have, like, when our when the rest of your offense is working like that, it's hard. You don't give your young QB the luxury of kind of working through it, like protecting them with the run game and getting ahead of the chains and then getting easy layups and starting to move the chains again. Um, it, it's tough, but, <laughs> yeah, the, the mental side of it's really the kind of what's been his undoing this whole time and, Unfortunately, that's a hard thing to just fix, right? Right. It's hard to fix his mental. Right. So, Sliz, so you, you just hit on something very big. And it's something that we say a lot on this podcast. I say a lot on this podcast. There's a difference between reasoning and excuse, right? It's totally fair to say the offensive line was bad because, in fact, the offensive line was bad, Right. Do you you want to take a guess at who the highest graded pass blocker was on Sunday per PFF? Man, I know I, I know four of them were at the bottom of our list. I can't remember. Was it Lakin that was highest? The highest graded pass blocker? No. You want to you want to try again? Was it Dan Feeney as an extra lineman? Nope. You want to try again? Connor McGovern? Nope. You want to try again? <laughs> I, I know it wasn't Nate Herbig. Was it Dwayne Brown? Nope. The highest graded pass blocker with five pass block snaps was CJ Uzama. <laughs> oh man. I was I was on the right mindset <laughs> listen, with the Dan listen, Feeney guess. Mean, <laughs> listen, that's that that is with a 75.1 pass block grade. I understand small sample size, whatever. She's out chipping, helping extra man, whatever he's doing, fine. But Lakin Tomlinson, 68.8, not great. Dan Feeney, 64.9 on his one pass block snap. So Hey, that was George a good Fant. guess. Yeah. George Fant, 58.8. Connor McGovern, McGovern, 52.2. And then after, let's see, after Zonovan Knight, Michael Carter, Tyler Conklin, Dwayne Brown at a 34.7, and Nate Herbig at a 20.7. So listen, people, 
it's totally fine to say the offensive line sucked. Okay. Like it's, and they, it's and okay they've, to they've, say. they've been sucking for weeks, right? Right. It, it's not it's even not just a new. Zach thing. It, it's right. a, like Mike White got destroyed against Buffalo. Yes. It's not a good thing. When, when Lake Tomlinson is letting free runners through because he forgets how to move his feet and move his head and block a guy, you know, I mean, when you can't get three yards on first down with a running play, you know, give me a manageable second and seven, second and six, get me into a manageable third down. I mean, this is why I say people like it's, it's, you can pile on the quarterback all you want, but when you don't have an environment that fosters success on the offense and you have a young quarterback who struggled this year, this is the product you're going to get. It's not just on Zach. Like, I'm sorry. I'm tired of, I know Zach, like you can argue about his, his performance on Sunday. All you want. I don't care. Like I I'm, I'm with most people with where they stand on this, but you can't get a run game going. The offensive line can't block worth a damn. And, and you can't do anything because LaFleur, as we've seen through the years, he gets on a roll when he gets in a rhythm, right? That's most offensive coordinators too. So yep. this is all to say it's a team game, people. Like we can't lose sight of that, period. So what, what, and what, what we didn't touch on, man, I guess we did in the open with with a, a key key focus on, man, <laughs> dude, our, our punt, like – like we clearly miss Brandon Eccles as a gunner and yep. he's been very good, but it's just been like, talk about inconsistent with Zach. It's been mm-hmm. awfully inconsistent with Braden, right. man, like awful. And like, it's to the point where it, it's costing games. And, and like when you, when you have, when you have a young struggling, struggling quarterback, you can't have just an entire other phase of the game completely blowing blowing it for you right last year it was the defense blowing everything and we had a really good special teams unit right this year it's kind of flipped where the defense has been a really good unit but but special teams is either giving up points or, or field position on every single drive right and and it puts everyone behind and and man has been bad you know mm-hmm. I, I, I think in the preseason we, we were holding out a lot of hope but he he's just frankly been bad right it's the inconsistency man that's that's what it is it's just it's pure inconsistently because there gets a point where inconsistency is consistently bad right and it's like you can't man is a guy that you say it all the time like special teams don't matter until they do right you don't realize how much a good kicker does for you until he's actually making 55 yard kicks right or missing 58 yard kicks but it, it's just a, it's a product of it's the entire thing. It, it all comes together. It's just a total team loss, right? It's like the first Pittsburgh game. Uh, the, sorry, it's the first uh, New Patriots. England game. Yeah, first it's, Patriots it's just a total. Game. It's a total team loss, top to bottom. And again, the defense played well. I know, you know people disagree with me. They you know, made held held a powerful offense. It's just x amount of points, whatever. I just I like the double speaker on it too, though. Or. Jared Goff always freezes outdoors, but then we're attributing everything to our defense. Oh. <laughs> it's a little bit of little little column A, little column B. But yeah, it's it's very contradictory, right? That that tends to be the the conversation, right? Like I said, like I said, heading into this week's list, I just people I thought people were underselling the lines a lot. You know, you can look at the numbers. Their defense has been playing way above what they had been early in the season. They've been a top, you know, ten rated defense over the last six weeks or whatever it is. So listen, they're a good team and the jets were not, I don't want to say they weren't ready to play, but 
a really bad third quarter by Zach, some lack of execution on the defensive side of the ball in the first quarter and not getting off the field. Um, that all leads into it, man. That all that all plays a part. So bad special teams plays a part. They got a lot of cl- a lot to clean up before Thursday night. That's all it is. All right, so this is what we usually do. Um, let's let's give the people our top gun this week. I picked this week's top gun, and it was, it was pretty much the only bright bright spot of this of this offense, and that's Garrett Wilson again. I mean, how many times are we gonna say it? This guy's the goods. Coming down with that ball that ball when he was interfered with, like the dude was hugging him the whole way down. I mean, just unbelievable. This guy, yeah, his body control time. is good. His he's always <laughs> he is always open. Yep. He is legitimately always open. So uh, you hope that Zach can build chemistry with this guy for however much longer he's going to play with him this year. Um, but your thoughts on Garrett Wilson's big game again. I mean, yeah, he's awesome, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how much there is to say. Hey, I will give a uh, an honorary shout. We, we kind of touched on it. CJ Uzama too, man. Like mm-hmm. this is what we kind of expected with getting with, with adding these two tight ends where, Maybe they trade off games of productivity or what have you, but you expected some of the stuff out of the seam. You expected some of the short yardage stuff, and and yeah, both play both plays he had, both touchdowns, just phenomenal plays. Mm-hmm. And so the funny thing is, CJ said after the game he knew that that the first touchdown, the uh, the Zach rolling out touchdown, the pro day touchdown, whatever he said he knew that was going to be open. He said he knew that was going for a touchdown. So um, you love to see it. You'll love to see it. Just give me a full offensive performance. It's all I want. And I don't think it's going to come this week, but we shall see. All right, so let's, let's move on. Let's move on to the, as we usually do, we open our doors to the therapy couch and we have some statements, some, uh, you know, venting. JJC had like three paragraphs long. Of <laughs> let's start with uh, Fuzzy Stoner, one of our favorites. This is a statement more than a criticism. Zach Wilson is horrible. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? I mean, he's been <laughs> bad. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I mean, think he gave you a lot more this game than he had certainly against New England. Yeah. But I also think like, and there are so many people that fall in that New England game that didn't even like thought that Zach couldn't complete a pass at all. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Like it, like Zach was largely accurate and short and long in this game, but the intermediate stuff was atrocious. Right. right. And so, yeah, he's bad. He all I will say he's awful, but <laughs> the QB room is in a bad state and he's still our best ticket out as we sit yeah. today. So. Yeah. I mean, listen, any I understand people don't like him as a prospect, and people, let's be fair, they want to stand on their takes because they want to be right about it, right? They want to stand on the fact that, hey, I thought Zach Wilson sucked. So make no mistake that the the best case scenario for the New York football jets is Zach Wilson somehow figures it out. Period. Like, which isn't likely the, either. Which I'm not isn't saying, likely. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not right. under no illusion that he he can put it together. Right. right. But that's still the best case scenario. Yeah. So as long as he's taking snaps on the field, I just want to see him improve. That's it. So, and I know Fuzzy also said that he watched re the re he rewatched the game and he was feeling a little bit better after it. So, you know, is what we'll it is. say. I don't know if I should wrap myself out. I missed a lot of the game in real time, and so I, I watched it back a couple times after the fact. It, it's it's definitely a less stressful experience not not <laughs> dealing with the social media reactions yeah. on uh in, in real time. I will yeah. say that. Yep. 
<laughs> I mean, listen, at the end of the day, you can't miss Garrett Wilson over the middle when he's wide open on, on crossing routes and like 10 yard crossers in the intermediate. Like you can't, that's yep. stuff you can't Several do. times. Yeah. Yep. Several times. Uh, run 1609 says, oh boy, I don't, I don't even want to go here, but it's funny. Read as infuriating that the Jets moved on from Sam Darnold, a quarterback who couldn't play within structure, had awful mechanics, turned the ball over because he read defenses at a high school level, had some wild highlight plays interspersed with his suckage for Zach Wilson, who, well, you see where I'm going with this. Do you think that the Darnold comparisons are fair, Sliz? I don't. Um, I think with 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 Zach, you generally see what he was doing, even right. if it was bad. Where Sam just had so many like, what were you even doing, man? Like yeah. like New England Zach was much more prevalent with Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Granted, I will say I've, Zach clearly has a much better environment, much better pieces around yes, him correct. than Sam did. Although the, the offensive lines are looking more and more comparable by the day. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I don't. And, and moving on from Sam was obviously the correct move. Anyone that's saying we should have stuck with Sam, like, no, we shouldn't have. And, and a little three-game unicorn stretch from Sam at the beginning of last season shouldn't change your mind. What he's doing now shouldn't change your mind. He's, he's, not, he, he's still bad, right. <laughs> right? Like, none of that should change your mind. It, no. it does suck, though, that Zach's – not th- that you can post this and it's like, yeah, you, I can see how someone can rationalize that thought and, mm-hmm. and thinks that it, it does suck. Cause yeah, Sam was bad here. Yeah. I think people seem to forget just how bad Darnold was. And I know the grades don't match up to that because they all say that Wilson has been worse, whatever. But like you said, Sliz, I mean, Darnold led the league and what the F were you doing turnovers? Like it just, and he never built on anything. Like he just could never, so I get it. Like I certainly get it at the high level. It's like, oh well, this is the same guy, but I don't think I don't think it's fair. You know, maybe that's just copium. Maybe that's hopium because I want Zach to turn out, but we'll see. All right. JJC dropped a an essay here. So let me get through this. I mean, let me see if I could do this with a little drama too. See if I can read this right. I mean, I'm not disappointed about this season at all. Just kind of shocked at the fall. Wow, that we're rookies after all. Coming into the season, we were supposed to be bad, and we're not bad at all. Just a QB and a year away. The QB position concerns me, though, since our second pick QB, Zach Wilson, sucks ass. Injuries at the beginning of the season held us back a ton, especially at the OL position, with AVT and Becton being out for the entire season. Our defense carried. I'm confident that we we would be a force to be reckoned with in the future once we get everything sorted out on offense. Follow-up. There's a lot to be proud of this season, even without a desired playoff berth. But there's also some bad, especially pointing at our injured OL and QB. Can't wait for next season. Hopefully, we get more December football that matters. L-O-L. 
I really thought he was going with some poetry there, like some beat poetry would have been, you know, like bongos in the background would have been nice. Well, the, like the he, way the way he, he was rhyming in the it. beginning. Yeah, the like way it's formatted, it looks poetic for sure. Right. Like he was rhyming in the be- in the beginning. I'm not disappointed about this season at all. Just kind of shocked at the fall. That's good. That's We're good rookies stuff. after all. We're rookies. <laughs> we got a this is very much happy Gilmore. Why don't I just go eat some hay and lay by the bay? What do you say? Yeah. Anyway, uh, that there's a lot. There's a lot going on in JJC's message here. I understand he's probably just wants to vent it out. You know, I think we we've said a ton on this podcast, Liz, that, and we just literally just mentioned it a few minutes ago. The best case scenario, whether you believe it or not, is Zach Wilson turning out to be playing to his potential. Again, that's not a likely scenario. I still think the QP room next year won't be changed very much. I really think you're going to go into the season with a Mike White, Zach Wilson camp battle and either a low cost veteran or a day, day two, late day two, day three draft pick. I I just don't see because having Mike White kind of eliminates the need, the need for you to go get a veteran, right? Because we've seen he can operate the offense at a level that's would be a mid-level, a mid-level veteran can. So maybe you don't look at a guy like a Marcus Mariota if he hits the market or, you know, whoever else would be out there. You're not signing Jimmy G, so forget about that. And you're not going after Lamar Jackson because it's just, again, not realistic. So I think the mo- the best case scenario or the, the most likely scenario is Zach Wilson, Mike White, and a day two or day three pick. And you just roll the dice and see what happens. So um, they don't really have a lot of wiggle room what they can do. Yeah, and... And we'll we'll touch on this, but in I think he makes good points, right? And and it's good to recalibrate where were we? And of course, it's like man, we were we were we had a massive winning record, and we we should be in the playoffs. But it's also like two of the teams we just lost to are very good teams, right? They're I I'm I'm still not convinced the Vikings are a good team, but they have good record. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like we we lost to the Bears and we lost to the Texans or anything like that. Right. And I know people lump the lines in there. I, I don't I don't think that no, they don't belong there. They, they don't belong there. Right. And and we talked about how teams change and, and dynamics change throughout the season. Right. We're a much different team than we were week three versus week seven versus now. Right. Just the whole dynamic of the team has changed over the course of the season. Right. And uh, I think we are ahead of schedule in a lot of facets, right? I'd, I'd say our defense, while we talked about, still has some clear holes, but they're also holes that you can patch pretty quickly, right? In terms of linebacker and free safety, the, those are holes you can patch. Um, the cornerback room being way ahead, ahead of, I think, yeah. where anyone expected it to be, and and those guys are locked up and young, and they're not going anywhere like that. That gives you cornerstones on your defense, and and hopefully Quinn and gets healthy stays healthy like cornerstone piece cornerstone player right there right so we have pieces on defense and and we have pieces on we have more pieces in terms of skill position players on offense than we've had in a long long time mm-hmm. when you look at Garrett Wilson Elijah Moore to a lesser extent um when you look at Brees Hall and and even the combo of Bam Knight Michael Carter whoever you want to throw in there like we have we have tools in the tight ends and I know the tight end production has been inconsistent but we have tight ends that can make plays and and that's something we have not had for since dustin keller right Right. so like we have we have the guts where we're 
I think we surpassed a lot of people's expectations and, and that's what leaves you disappointed. Cause it feels like there's meat on the bone that we left. And um, that said, when the quarterbacks, the, the position weighing you down, you, you get kind of, are we in purgatory? Are we stuck? There's not a clear way out. We're a little bit cap strapped. Yeah. It's, it's not a good place to be. And, and, you know, I've talked at length in discord, a couple, you know, I know small chimps been on the same way wavelength with me where like having a mediocre quarterback that you end up paying is like the worst position to be in, in football. And and you're seeing it maybe to an extreme with like a Mike, uh, Matt Ryan cold situation where he's getting people people forget he's getting paid a lot of money this year too. Mm -hmm. Right. Like he's not just on a, on a washed veteran, like one year, $15 million. He's getting paid like 30 million this year to be bad. Right. Like paying, paying a, a a middling or washed quarterback is the worst spot you can be in, in football. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're, we're not in that. So, and that in of itself gives us wiggle room, right. You'd, you'd certainly rather be us and being, be an attractive option to, a quarterback that might shake loose or, or need to trade, then be where the Broncos are, where you've committed to your guy and he's underperforming. Um, but yeah, there's not, there's not really a clean way out of it, right? You need to bank on someone developing somewhere and, right. and exceeding expectations. Let me ask you a crazy question here. This is me without doing any research whatsoever. You ready? I'm about to blow you it. I'm either the podcast will end after this or, or like, you'll like entertain me on this. What about trading for Jordan love? I've, I've thrown it out there, man. I, I don't know. I, the, the, like, I'm not opposed to it. It's just like, how does any, I guess, I guess if anyone would know anything about Jordan love, it'd be Michael Fleur being his brothers right. there. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how does anyone even have an opinion on Jordan Love? Right. To any extent. It's like the the opinion you have is like the Packers probably could have moved on and didn't. So that worries you a little bit. But like I don't I don't know, man. If it if it's for a third, I'd rather gamble on Jordan Love than a than a rookie, right? Mm-hmm. So I I dude, I I don't even <laughs> I don't I don't even know how to attack it because I don't know yeah. what I, I don't even know what the cost would be with like sure, I'd I'd throw if I could I'd throw him in a room and let let the best man win right Zach Jordan mm-hmm. Love and and Mike White's probably better than adding in a day three or a round three rookie right but because consider I, like con- consider if you were to if you were to actually make that move right if you were to if you were to spend a day three pick on you know whoever it is day two pick day three pick Max Dugan whoever you know whatever your flavor of the week quarterback is right. Now you're essentially developing two quarterbacks with Wilson and your day three pick that you have to worry about with neither. Obviously you guarantee they're going to work out. And listen, I know Jordan love really hasn't seen the field a lot, but I don't know, man, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something there sitting in a similar scheme. Who knows? I I think it's a potentially more realistic option than a Derek Carr. It's certainly Mm -hmm. more realistic than a Lamar Jackson. Yep. Um, yeah, there's I don't there's no like clear easy button solution, right? No. Where a, a lot of the guy like it's like Jordan Love or like do you chase Cooper Rush? But then Cooper Rush, are you just getting Mike White 2.0? I don't know. Right. You know, like right, right. that like any dude you get, you're really 
game like it's not giving the room a facelift in a meaningful way yeah yeah you're you're banking on someone really emerging which i mean good quarterbacks don't hit free agency good quarterbacks generally aren't available via trade so it's expected Mm -hmm. but yeah you're 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 not really meaningfully improving the room with a Gardner Minshew type at all right (laughs) all right our last therapy couch contestant here or I shouldn't say contestant I should say patient Ninjo everyone's favorite reader I hate everything about our QB situation and we honestly don't have a good way out of it yeah Zach looked slightly better but this was his best game and it wasn't even close to good enough yeah, I mean, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about the quarterback situation, and I think that's that's pretty fair. You know, it's – I mean, if this is this was probably – I don't want to say it was best game this year, but I, I'm not going to say this is Zach's best game because obviously it wasn't, but this was the game that showed you, I think more than anything, what Zach can be because the throws, the wow throws were there. His movement outside the pocket was there. It's just the stuff like hitting an easy throw. <laughs> like it's so fixable. Like it's so like – just fix it. You know, it's correctable. So it's just frustrating, man. Cause it's like at this point, we should have a, a warmer feeling about our young QB. And we really, really don't. <laughs> like we should be, uh, we should be feeling how the Jags are feeling right now. Right. Or like, it, it's just, it's just so tough when the quarterback situation is bad. Everything feels so much worse than it is. And and we are I, I I'm com- I'm confident and Mike White's not going to play the rest of the year. I don't think he'll get cleared by anybody. Um, we'll we'll get three games of Zach Wilson and we'll kind of see what he is to to finish out the year. And and he's probably in a camp competition. And if you're giving me a camp competition with Zach and Mike White, I'm picking Zach to win that every time. So it's it's mm-hmm. what if anything do we do beyond that in the off season to add to the room and is it is it a meaningful addition in terms of a dude that could actually overtake zach and camp because I, yeah. I think that's going to be hard to do yeah um i guess the 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 super silver lining is even if like the worst case right we kind of just roll into this next year and then we have the exact same situation we had this year next year right and you waste right. you waste a good year in that sense but our core pieces are all very, very young. Our core pieces are all going to be here in 2024 too. Um, and 2024, you can meaningfully reset the room and chase something with draft capital, either via trade up or send in a package if you need to. Next year, it's a little bit harder because there's a lot of holes and we don't have cap space, but you get that cap relief in 2024. The kind mm-hmm. of we'll, we'll have a very clear vision and and it's either Zach's the guy or you're hard resetting. I don't think this is something that's going to linger for more than more than next year. Yep. Mac Jones, 2024. Let's do it. Anyway, I'm sorry for putting that out in the ether. So uh, it's time for a triumphant return of around the league in roughly 60 seconds. So roughly 60 seconds on the clock and away we go. Winter is here, but the playoff race is heating up. The Raiders stay hot while Mac Jones is sent to hell in a miracle win for Vegas. The Chargers stun the Titans as Vrabel's boys come up small. The Vikings shock the world and grab a pre-Christmas miracle of their own by erasing a 33-0 deficit versus the Colts. Pretty hot. The 49ers keep rolling without Jimmy G and a win over the Seahawks. A happy ending for the Browns as they take a dub over the Ravens. 
bad weekend for the Lone Star State. The Chiefs outlast the Texans, and the Jags hand Dallas an extra L. The Dirty South. The Saints mess up the Falcons, while Sam and the Panthers drop the Steelers. Toilet Bowls. The Bucks stay bad as Burrow buries Brady in the Bay. And speaking of Bays, Baywatch. Green Bay keeps their playoff hopes alive with a win over the Rams. The Broncos buck the Cardinals, while the Eagles down the Bears. The Giants break the tie with the Commies, and the Bills drown the fish to tighten their grip on the AFC East. And that was around the league in roughly 60 seconds. Brock Purdy, man. <laughs> I, I have man, I have no comment. Like <laughs> it it's it's Mike it's Mike White hype all over again, man. Like oh. he's he's clearly he's clearly limited, man. <laughs> like I mean, listen, here's this the thing. Is very obvious. I mean, how many times do we have to say it about the scheme, right? About the the Shanahan floor, et cetera, et cetera, scheme that it's very easy on quarterbacks for the most part, right? It's easy reads. It's you're trusting your playmakers to go out and make plays. So if you put the ball in a good spot for, for your guy to make a play, whether it's a tight window throw or a well-timed throw, they're going to have some production. They're going to make some production out of it. So that's what you're seeing with Purdy, but you know, put him in, put him in the hall of fame, man, put him in Ken. That's where we're at. So, all right. So this, this weekend, I can see you're just trying to hold it in. It's ridiculous. I know. I agree with you. Don't worry. All right, so Liz, it's time for this week's Geek of the Week. And a group that's not unfamiliar to Geek of the Week, the Jets linebackers who totally blew that play. I mean, what are we doing, guys? It's it's week 15. It, this is the time for defenses and teams to be rounding into form and getting ready for the playoffs and not blowing games like that. And listen, again, I'm not absolving the offense the defense played well to hold this, the Lions offense to just X amount of points, you know, 13 points, whatever it was. That's good work. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just not forgiving of a team blowing it in a key spot. I'm sorry. I'm not, you know, some people are, that's okay. I, cause you're looking at the whole, right. You're looking at the picture as a whole and you're looking at everything playing into each other, but time to get a stop and you can't get one in the biggest moment of the game. That bothers me a little bit. So Jets linebackers this week's geek of the week. I agree. I'll give uh you kind of blushed over or brushed over it earlier. Honorary mention would, would probably be our head coach in time management. Yeah. And it's tough, man. And I don't really want to dog on it too much because it's not like he just mismanaged it. He he did it for a reason, right? You're mm-hmm. seeing the comments out of Hughes and, and others that he he was worried they were gonna call it short and and they wanted to hurry up, get a playoff make sure the chain still moved all that, you know, you can see he's kind of beating himself up and, and took full ownership of the decision. And Hey, we should have called timeout. We should preserve that clock. Maybe preserving that clock makes the difference. Right. Mm-hmm. But didn't want to get through the pod without like, yeah, right. he, he made a mistake. He's generally been, I think pretty good. And I know some of the, there's a lot of metrics around, how your coaches, your team is on fourth and go decisions and that sort of thing in terms of EPA and whatever probabilities. We don't rank like super high on that, but I think when you just look like game by game, looking at the actual football, like balancing the football side with the, the statistical edge side, the analytics side, I think he's done a very good job of balancing it throughout this year, especially just knowing our QB situation knowing our defense situation and how good it's been. I think he's been very good at balancing it, but clearly let one get away from him a little bit this game. 
Mm-hmm. So we should trade for Brock Purdy. Yeah, I'll, I'll trade a seventh. Add him, add him to the room for like a seventh or whatever. So I just wanted to try and introduce you more on this Brock Purdy situation because I see it in your face. Yeah, I mean, solid. That's the first time this season. Like, and and I've mentioned it on Discord slides. There have been times where clock's ticking down the fourth quarter and we're screaming at the TV like, "Dude, call a timeout! Call a timeout!" And to his benefit, it's usually worked. You know, letting the clock tick down a little bit. And I know that this was more of a guessing game because they were unsure if they were going to go to review in New York on that Garrett Wilson first down. And there was definitely a holdup with the chains and you could see that they weren't sure if they were going to call it a first down, which is something that, that they're people are just kind of glancing over right now because you're at the, you're at the mercy of, of the referee or the official moving the chains. Right. And if they're late on that decision and you're sitting there waiting for them to see if they move the chains, then you're kind of boned too. So yeah, not great, but it, it's the first time this year that I've funny thing is, is we, we get, a, we take a look ahead to the flight plan. Um, this team feels like it's reeling a little bit. And to that point on Sala, his presser, both after the game and in the day that followed, it feels like it's the first time this year that he's really been rattled because he's like very regretful over not call- calling the timeout in that spot. And usually he's very, very good with the media and he doesn't let things get to him, but it certainly feels like this team is reeling a, a little bit Sliz. It feels like they're on the ropes. Um, like I, 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 and I called it last week. I said last week, I don't think they're winning another game the rest of the season. I really don't. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags come in week 16, Thursday night football, short week. Jags are hot. What are, what are you kind of expecting from this game? Man, I don't, I don't know. Like, this is one of those games where I genuinely do not know because the Jags have looked awful at times. They've really put together at times. I think it's looking, and and I'm going to be talking snowstorm later, it's looking like, I don't know that it's going to quite be there in New York Thursday night, but there's going to be some weather. It's going to be windy at at the least. Um, You certainly hope Quinnen is back. It's sounding like it's, hopefully trend in that way sounds like he'll be a game time decision but it signals like he'll probably play it sounds like Corey davis might play those are two big shots in the arm for our team um you, you kind of saw the clear drop off with with mims in there for a couple snaps or mims with mike white and then um once mims went out with with given barrios a lot of those snaps as well mm-hmm. um yeah, Jags have been hot, man, and clearly you give them the QB edge, and they they do have talent. They have a good coach. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm deathly afraid of K- Christian Kirk in the slot against Michael Carter the second, where we've been getting gashed for the past several games. Um, on defense, they have some playmakers, but they've also been been very very inconsistent on defense. So it's I don't know, man. I don't have a good read on it just in terms of where we're at. Like this is a game. I don't know that it's one that we have to have. I think we can go two and one. The the game we have to have is against Miami. Right. But this feels like it's a game we probably need to have in order. Just I, I, if you continue this losing streak, I don't know how we go to Seattle and pick up that win. Um, it feels like this is the game, the, the game, if we're going to get right, it's gotta be this one. You got to yeah. turn it around 
and and you know Chargers are probably for sure in at this point. I, it's hard to see them missing one of those wild cards. Um, feels like we're going to be competing with Miami for that last spot, whether it's us knocking them out with a tiebreaker or, or them kind of putting the nail in our coffin, or uh, we might do it before then. But right, um, yeah, it's it's a big one, man, and, and national television. And I know folks were have been begging for a, a primetime game since the front half of the season we're, we're getting one with, with all the stakes. So. Yep. so Cam Robinson's out this week, which some people might say that is a bad thing because Cam Robinson playing would be more favorable, but I think that certainly helps. Um, anytime he loses a starting left tackle, I think that's, that's a benefit in general. Yep. I, I think that the way that people trash Doug Peterson is is bizarre to me. Like the reason that Peterson lost his job was because it was a power struggle with him and Howie Roseman. Yep. Um. So I, I don't, I don't really put like him just being outwardly bad, you know, as a reason that he lost his job in Philadelphia. It just felt like there's something brewing. Like the stories have come out about it. You know, he's turned Trevor Lawrence around. That's for certain. Um. I don't know, man. I just got a, another bad feeling about this game. If the Jets can't run the ball, and I know people want to see Zach put the team on his back and like go out there and win a football game, the Jets run the ball as bad as they did, then they got no shot in this game. Yeah, I, I agree. I just, I just like, I can't see on a bad weather night Zach slinging it around, you know, throwing those 40, 50 yard bombs, getting out. I just don't see that happening. So if they can't run the ball like they couldn't run against Detroit, they're not winning this game. And I just don't see what changes. Like, what about this offensive line will change? You know, talent talent wise, they're they're probably a step above Detroit, all 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 parts considered. Um, so I don't know, man. Not not a great feeling. Not a great feeling. Yeah. No, we we did not that I not that there was a question. Zach's for sure starting. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, man. Well, we will dread. see what happens. I see the dread in your face, Liz. Hey, I, I will. I will just say it's. It'll be kind of ironic after the majority of Jets fans had these two games, Detroit and Jacksonville, penciled mm-hmm. as wins. That Jets could be the stepping stone to both those teams making the playoffs. Hmm. Scary. No. Scary thought. Yeah. <sighs> not, All right, Liz. Not overly yeah. optimistic, but it, it's yeah. one we gotta have. Have to and, have it, and, and even if we if even if we get it, we we still have a tough sled to get playoffs. The good thing is that they're at least home, right? So they don't have to worry about traveling in a short week. But I don't know, man. Time to unleash James Robinson. That's what I say, James Robinson revenge game. How about that? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll see. I mean, I think Knight is practicing, but you know, he he did have the bulky ankle in last game, so yeah, maybe CJ Rob, your favorite your favorite guy. We'll see. Yeah, you're just beating me up, man. <laughs> I know it's. I'm sure, just, it's just we'll, being the we'll Grinch. It on. Being the Grinch here, man. It's fine. All right, so let's, let's bring it in for a landing. This is the landing strip. So, what's on your mind? You mentioned some weather. Yeah, man. This and and I'm I'm a little bit west of you all that live in New York, New Jersey area. Man, this snowstorm is gonna suck. I don't know if you've been been keeping it. I've been keeping a. Normally, I don't really pay attention to weather, but I'm traveling. I was supposed to be traveling on Friday, which is right when the entire Midwest is supposed to get like a foot of snow dumped on it. So 
probably having to do adjust the plans, adjust the the dog and the kennel and all that. So just playing it by ear. Hopefully, hopefully it's not too brutal. Doesn't hopefully I don't we don't have to cancel traveling to my parents. But yeah, man, it's uh it's not great. <laughs> don't lose power. That's the worst. Yeah, I'll, I will try. I, I I know I know a thing or two about power, so I'm hoping I don't mm. get phone calls having to help fix power. Is, is the big thing. Mm. <laughs> what else you got? Yeah, man. You know, talking Christmas holidays. Had our our work holiday party and played a ton of cards. Play. I don't I don't know if you're familiar with euchre. I think it's more of a Midwest thing, but played a lot of that's euchre. A, that's an old people thing. That's not a Midwest. It's thing. it's a it's a Midwest thing. Everyone, that's an old, not that's just an old people, people play euchre in the Midwest, man. Oh come on! But lots of euchre. Won the won the euchre tournament at work. Um, played a ton of board games, and man, I like holidays family gatherings is board game season i love board games man and, and this mm. this is a prime time for board games it's just a great great time to be alive <laughs> yep i'm board game guy what's your favorite board game my favorite board game i mean probably like my favorite go-to is is like a good good game of settlers Catan, right they Couple couple of the lads play on Discord every now mm-hmm. and, and and then, but that's always a, that's always a, a good safe classic one. Yeah, nerds. It's fun. Nerds. It's all right. Everybody's nerd. We're all nerds here, right? Yeah. So. Hey, we, we, we're 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 partnered or we're partnered with Discord, man. We yeah. can't run away yeah, from we, it. Yeah, we just got to embrace yeah. it at this point. Yep, yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, I don't really have anything on my mind, so Liz. I do want to say uh, Merry Christmas to one and all happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate as well. Um, holiday season should be a time for joy and cheer. And I feel lots of good things coming in 2023. Some, some things that I might be able to reveal in the very near future. Uh, we will be back next Tuesday. So nobody come on Friday looking for instant analysis or anything. So uh, there's that, but yeah, Merry Christmas to one and all. I hope, I hope you all get what, what you asked Santa for. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys their eggnog or their holiday drink of choice and uh again it's been it's been a very fun fun go of it for us on on jet fuel podcast and uh, hopefully just onward and upward from here but we're we're glad that everybody spends an hour sometimes an hour and six minutes an hour and 15 minutes an hour and a half listening to this podcast every wednesday so thank you all to listening and merry christmas to one and all hey merry christmas and Almost forgot. I grabbed my uh, tropical bucket hat for this segment to try to <laughs> to stave off the uh, stave off the snow. So I got my Winter's jets uh, my jets bucket ocean hat right. going on. Yep, good try. Yeah, <laughs> I feel it. I feel it in my bones, man. It's not good. It's not no, good. It's, it's not, not good. once it hits not. like below forty, and then like you get the wind. It's just it's brutal. Like bring me summer, man. And I didn't used to be a summer guy. So times have changed. Getting That'll old, do it. man. Gonna move yeah. down to Florida before you know it. And... Yeah, getting old because you're the one who's playing Euchre. Anyway, <laughs> that'll do it for this episode of, of Jet Fuel, the Jets Discord podcast. As always, you already found us, but you can continue to find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a five-star review where applicable. Be greatly appreciated. You can find us on Twitter at Jet Fuel Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Jeravera SN. Sliz, where can the people find you? Yep, at Sliz underscore NYJ. As always, you could send us an email at jetfueldiscordpodcast at gmail.com. And Sliz, how can the people join the Discord and stay warm this time of year? 
Yep. Hit up discord.gg slash nyjets. If you're a board game nerd and want to play some uh, late night settlers, get the roll, ping the, ping the channel if you're down to talk jets and just... Yeah, especially as we're inching closer to off-season mode is where our, us just fans find our comfort and start firing up mock, mock draft machines soon. So hopefully, maybe not this week, but potentially this week. The takes will keep you warm because they're all hot. In that the that is true. That is true. But until next time, for Matt Slard, I am Joe Rivera reminding you, you can't take flight without jet fuel.